0: I think open doors are more than just ministry, it's just life stuff, you know, opportunities and situations, evangelism, person, you know, and when you have that open door concept, you, um, you're you just always looking for uh, Jesus. I, I think of the night when Jesus came walking on the water, I thought, you know, the fact they thought he was a ghost and not the savior until he spoke to them, uh, tells me that they weren't really looking for him to show up, and and as I as I kind of studied that story, the one of the lessons I took from it is no matter how bad the storm is, no matter how much I want to hide inside the boat, I, I always kind of want to peek up and keep looking and have an expectation that I don't know how, but I'm going to see God somewhere. He's going to show up somewhere. And when he does, I want to be ready to respond.
1: Welcome to the Hacker Podcast. This is Greg and Stefan. I hope you all are doing well. It's been a busy few weeks for the both of us. He's been traveling in America the last few weeks, which is why he hasn't been on the show. And I was privileged enough to travel out to the Torres Strait Islands a couple weeks back. I did a pre-recorded video with uh brother ben finn so i wasn't able to talk about that after the fact so i just wanted to mention it briefly we were blessed to be with uh the saints up in Boygu island it's an island just five kilometers away from papua new guinea you can actually see okay, papua new wow. guinea from the shore of the island the the only negative aspect of the trip was the only way to get there is to fly in a prop plane like a <laughs> tiny little plane about a 10 passenger, 10 12 <laughs> passenger plane like Think about your church vans that you used to drive to, to church weekends on, 12 passenger. It was like about the same size, maybe slightly bigger. And you could actually see the pilot, everything that he's doing. <laughs> like, it was terrifying, bro.
2: <laughs> I would be the worst backseat driver in that thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was just uh, praying silently and <laughs> <laughs> holding on to whatever I could. Uh, but uh, this past weekend, I was also blessed to be in Limbrook with the wonderful church down there. Shout out to the Gabriels, uh, wonderful pastors, uh, Brother Daniel, who's actually been on the podcast, and it's good to see the Hogmans there as well. Always a blessing to be with them, Um, but... Everybody wants to hear about your trip. You're over in America for a month.
2: What was that like? It was great. It was great. I had about two years worth of fast food, everything from Chipotle to Chick Fil A. It was fantastic. Chipotle, the OG. OG. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. You can't get that in Australia, so it was wonderful.
1: And this was your first trip back after moving here. Yeah.
2: So thirteen months. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I remember our first few trips back, Steph and I. We would make a list. This is pre-kids, before we had kids. We make a list of all of the free <laughs> places we go to, and uh, that was like more important than anything else besides seeing my mom and dad, of obviously. Course, of course, of course. <laughs> of course, family, of course. family, family, yeah. First, yeah, family first, family first. Family <laughs> first. <laughs> but we're, we're happy to have you back, happy to have you back on the show. It's good to be back, yeah. And uh, we're excited to have Brother Troy Wickett with us as a guest. He's the UPCI missionary to Fiji in the Solomon Islands. and we're grateful to have him join us on the show. I was able to sit down with him. He was with us a few weeks back in Sydney, and he's a wonderful man of God. We had a great conversation, and uh, yeah, it was it was good to see him, and And I'm looking forward to sharing that conversation with you all.
2: Yeah, but before that, uh, we have a five-star review. Can't to go forget over. the review. We got to wow. share that. As yeah, long
1: as you guys leave them for us, we will share them. A, a five-star review. Oh, yes, exactly. Five-star, Five star,
2: yes. <laughs> he goes, must listen. It is so great to listen to the word of God and other topics related to church with such fresh perspective. And that was from Carolina. Thank uh, you for leaving a fantastic review.
1: Carolina out of Australia. Yeah. Yeah, we're still getting those reviews. It's it's awesome. Uh, thank you so much. We're so grateful for every person who takes the time. I know it, it it takes a bit of effort to go through and fill that out. You gotta scroll all the way down to the bottom and actually think about what you're gonna say. I've done it in the past and you you look at that box and you start to write the <laughs> review and you're just like what do i say i like it <laughs> you know uh, yeah um but yeah we're, we're grateful for everyone who leaves us a review and uh yeah thank you carolina for that and make sure to check out the youtube channel we haven't really been pushing that because we we haven't had video but uh, last week we took the plunge into video and now you can see us in full hd so check out the youtube channel the hacker podcast and subscribe to it uh, and hey, we might one day bring out 4K.
2: Yeah, we'll just have to have haircuts every week, I guess. <laughs> well, you would.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'll be bringing out 4K any soon. <laughs> I'm stressing about HD over here, but um, anyway. Well, now that we've taken care of all of that and we've gotten all the laughs out, let's get to my conversation with Brother Troy Wicket. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us today, Brother Wicket.
0: Glad to be here.
1: I'm so grateful for your time. You you came over to Sydney, uh, I guess it's a couple months ago now, or maybe just a month ago, and you preached a revival weekend for us, and you know, that was an, a a wonderful weekend. And I, we talked about it afterward because we we hadn't had any guest ministry for almost two years here in Australia, being isolated. Well, at least outside the country. Yeah. Um, we we had some inside the country, but uh, we were so blessed to have you and your family with us, uh, missionaries in Fiji and Solomon Islands, and you, you did that little trip over to Australia. It was a bit adventurous <laughs> trying to get in, but we were so blessed to have you over and to spend time with you and in your family. And, and Thank you for making yourself available to come on the podcast today.
0: I'm glad to be glad to be able to be a part of it.
1: Well, we like to start off these conversations by uh, getting to to know the guest a little bit for for our listeners, those who may not know you or may not have met you. So, if you wouldn't mind sharing with us a bit about a, a bit about your background of where you come from, that sort of thing, your worldview, and all of that, thank you, bro. All right.
0: Well, I'm uh, I was born in the U.S. and uh, I, but I, when I was just a baby. Uh, my dad, who is a minister as well, uh, went to take a church in eastern Canada, uh, just north of Maine. And uh, actually, I was born in Maine, and then moved across the border to Canada, where I really grew up till and stayed there till I was 18. But so my informative years. So uh, I'm kind of, I guess, a half, half and half here. Uh, like they can't make up their mind if I'm Canadian or American. So it's just depends on where I am. So when I come to Australia, I'm a Canadian when I come to Australia, (laughs) but, uh, and so my, we uh, love,
1: we love Canadians over here.
0: Yeah, I hear you. So, and so we, you know, we part of the Commonwealth and all, but we were in, uh, but I grew up all my, all my informative years till I was 18 and went to college. Uh, I was there and, my first ministry opportunities were, were there. And so it's, uh, you know, it's kind of ingrained deeply. My folks still pastor in Eastern Canada as well. And so Mm -hmm. it's, you know, we're still very uh, tightly connected to that part of the world. And so it's a little colder being here in Fiji. Now Uh, I've had to adjust from the, uh, the cold winters to, uh, I think our, uh, winters in Canada sometimes can get down minus minus forties, and so in Fiji oh, here, wow. our winters get down to a you know a whopping twenty degrees uh, Celsius. <laughs> uh, so we're 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 adjusting to that, but yeah, it's been uh, we we've enjoyed that series. I have also my went to school in the U.S. and then also past or was assistant pastor there for many years in the U.S. before. We returned back to Canada uh, to move into full time ministry at that at that point. So uh, we've I've grown up as a pastor's kid, a PK, and uh, kind of ministry has always kind of been a part. You know, it's just kind of ingrained. Yeah. Sometimes I think on the other side, I have a hard time uh, so not associating, but relating is the word I'm looking for. Mm uh to you know first gens coming in because i i'm, I'm fifth gen or my kids are fifth generation i'm a fourth generation and apostolic oh, wow. kind of Pentecostal. so uh, my great grandfather was a church planter in the main district in the northeast and so it's just kind of always been part of part of my life so it's kind of shaped also your kind of your world view uh and uh and so it's kind of it's it's been a journey, a long ways from uh, little rural eastern Canada to uh, Fiji, and then the, of course the bright lights of Australia. We were we were blessed to be there uh, a little while ago in Sydney. I guess it would be bright lights in Sydney, but the lights weren't quite as bright in Canberra. But it, we had, a, we, had a we we got the full scope of the Australian experience while we were there. And so we're we, are, we are grateful for that opportunity. That's awesome.
1: And our our paths may have crossed. I can't remember uh, far enough back, but you actually were an assistant pastor in Missouri District,
2: yes.
0: where
1: where I grew up. I grew up in in the states in Missouri, and then moved over to Australia when I was nineteen, I believe. I, I um, kind of grew up with your brother a bit. I knew your brother, so we were. My mind was kind of blown when you came over. You know, how many connections we actually had um,
0: it, it really amazes me how small the world gets sometimes and yeah you know, really you know in in traveling the little bit around the world that we have and it always has amazed me at how especially in church circles too how amazingly uh connected everybody is you know the whole six degrees of separation I, you know, yeah. I think it's a lot. It's probably three degrees of separation in the church, but it's an exciting, it's a good, it's an amazing thing. But yeah, my my brother actually wanted me to pass along greetings to you as well. He he uh, remembers you from your Missouri days.
1: Yeah, that's right, with the Robinsons and and all of that. But uh, so you served as an assistant pastor, you said, and as a pastor in Canada for a number of years and it was a growing church. I've heard a bit of your testimony and, uh, you know, it was a, a thriving church there in Canada and that happened before you felt the call to missions. Can you share with us a bit of your story uh, of your call to missions, how it is that you ended up on the missions field?
0: Sure. It, it, it's kind of, uh, we, one thing, if you, if you know, anything about Eastern Canada I've come from the Atlantic district and the United Pentecostal church. It is a very, uh, missionary rich environment. Uh, like, mm. uh, you know, your Benny de merchants and your, uh, draw the dross family and, uh, the Hanscom's and the shams and, you know, all those, uh, families deeply rooted in missions. They're all from that little place uh, in Canada where I'm from. And so we grew up, you know, for years, you know, hearing old uh, brother George Shum and the stories of uh, Pakistan and, and over in India and, and Benny de Merchant in, in Brazil and brother Windross and south america you know starting the works in el salvador and guatemala and then you had a second you know crop go and you have like the brad thompson's now in guatemala and and, uh, the jim portresses that are all from that area so i say all that to say you know we grew up as feeling like you're kind of associate missionaries even though probably the majority of uh, those in Atlantic Canada probably have never been, uh, or don't really travel out that, that much. They're kind of a homebody, uh, group of people, but we grew up with missions and the stories of, you know, all of that. So it's always been a mission centric, uh, mindset from the time we were kids. I can remember missionaries always coming through and, and, uh, Canadians are very loyal to their missionaries their Canadian missionaries as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that being said, uh, I didn't really feel, I can't say we love going on missions. We've done missions trips to uh, Central America and Europe and, and we, Africa. My wife aimed in West Africa uh, for mm-hmm. uh, quite some time. And, and so in that, in that mindset, like we've always loved missions, but or really felt that God had talked to, you know, our burden was North America and we were pastoring a church and it had, we, we've been, the Lord had blessed us and we were able to grow that and had a daughter work and we're contemplating starting, you know, some other daughter works in the near future, going into a, a a building program and all, all these kind of things. And, uh, in the midst of all of that we've had missionaries come through uh love missionaries had an apartment in our basement they would stay with us in our home and, and uh, one evening we we're talking with some missionary friends they're talking about their field and uh, they were uh, you know ironically they're from the pacific and mm. we you know fellowship some of the things that we're good with the that has helped me serve me well being here in Fiji is they love their fellowship. Well, so, you know, so do the Atlantic Canadians, you know, love the fellowship. <laughs> and, uh, and so we were up late talking and went to sleep and I was doing some devotions before we went to, went to bed. And, uh, and the Lord very audibly, uh, I, I won't say audibly like out loud to everybody, but to me, spoke very definitively to me and about, the pacific and said i I want you to go and so my initial thought was well we'll uh sure lord we'll do a missions trip there we were actually my church was just about to do a missions trip to central america in nicaragua and i said next year or the next one and we do it every other year you know uh we'll go to uh we'll go somewhere in the pacific. I didn't know where I didn't know anything about the pacific. I mean, <laughs> you know, general geography and you know, yeah, yeah, of you course. know the Philippines and Australia New Zealand, you know, you kind of have the general uh, vicinity and uh, uh, but the Lord began to talk uh, I said, "Lord, you know, uh, you know, and the Lord said, "No, I want you to go. I want you. I, I want you to go." And I'm like, "Lord, uh, you know, our kids are young my wife my wife is a registered nurse and she was uh senior staff in the ICU uh so she had a great job uh we were the church was doing well uh so we were very stable and all that kind of stuff and the lord said I want you to go and we were like I I shouldn't say we cuz my wife really didn't wasn't in on this conversation yet and so i finally come to the place i, I wish i could say i'm so spiritual that i was just like Yes, Lord, send me now. I'm ready to go. Uh, you had your suitcase packed. You know, I day. you know I had my foot out the door, but the reality was, we we loved our church, we loved our church family, we loved the area of the world that we were in Prince Edward Island, and it was a beautiful place, uh, incredible people. The church was really doing so well, and we were very proud of them. So we had no intention uh, of leaving. I, I had. Uh, just kind of believed that that's where I would be until either the Lord came or, you know, I retired or something. We would just build on what God had in store for us there. And, uh, so it really came out of left field for me. It wasn't something that, you know, I felt and grown for a long time. Cause mm. I mean, we were about 40 at the time. Uh, we had a, a newborn baby and, uh, it would be so, and then a a two-year-old and a four-year-old at the time. And so wow. it wasn't really in my mind, a, a great time to no. get up yeah, and, 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 and take a, take a right turn, but uh, not to be it. But so finally I just said, all right, Lord, you know, I've, I've learned a long time ago. It's not really great idea to argue with God. You know, if, if he, that's what he wants, then, uh, I've I've often said the best place to be is in the will of God, whether it's mm. somewhere where I think is convenient or not convenient. I'd rather be inconvenient, inconvenienced uh, in the will of God than uh, to be comfortable outside the will of God. Yeah, and good. so that's kind of, you know, our mantra that that our family has went by. So I said, Lord, OK, but, you know, a mama, little babies, you know, job, stability home, uh, home there and everything. So I said, close to family. And, and so I said, Lord, you're going to have to talk to her. And I said, I'm not going to tell her, I want you to talk to her. And so, uh, I'm thankful for a wife that prays and I'm thankful for a spiritual wife. And so I just, one night, she was actually, I think already asleep when I, I crawled into bed. And, and in, as I was getting in, I, I woke her up and, you know, just in the, uh, you know, just kind of disturbing as I get it and get in, and I said, "Hey, how would you like to uh uh be a missionary?" And I, I think I had said Solomon Islands in the Pacific, just to be a missionary in the Pacific, and uh, and she just rolled over and said, "Go back to bed." And so <laughs> and so I said so, and I left it, and it was a few weeks, probably a couple, at least a couple of weeks, maybe more, went by. And she came to me one evening and said, uh, um, Were you, you were joking the other day when you were talking about being a missionary? And I said, Why do you ask? <laughs> and she's like, Well, she said, um, God is telling me that you were serious, and I'm telling him you were joking. And so. <laughs> I, he said, She said this morning in prayer, God told me that if I wouldn't believe him, that I should talk to you. And so mm-hmm. I said, well, it's funny you should ask that. And so that was where wow. it was kind of birthed between us. And And so she came, you know, so essentially she came to me. And so we've kind of been of the mindset, and I'll kind of mention this maybe throughout, mm-hmm. is our policy for... You know, moving out in that stuff is we call it the open door policy, which Mm. uh, we walk through open doors because I really I really strongly believe in the scripture says God, we serve a God that opens doors that nobody can close and closes doors that nobody uh, can open. And so if I really believe that, then if the door opens, then I'm going to I'm going to step through that or have trust God to step through that. So there was many hurdles and challenges along the way. Uh, The missions process is not a short process and it's not a casual process. It's very, you know, kind of invasive and, and and stuff, not invasive, but cumbersome at times maybe. Mm. And, uh, but we just said, if it's your will, you know, we'll walk through the door. We're very content to serve where we're at, but if this is what you want, we'll walk through the doors and it's amazing God we've walked through those doors and God has continued to open doors like even into Australia for example where we didn't know anybody you know had no connection no at all but God orchestrated some connections and and uh, opened the door and we were able to come there and blessed our family and hopefully we were a blessing to the people there and connected with the people there and People in Australia are wonderful people and we had a great time. Look forward to coming again and uh being we'll a part it of back. Yeah, I look forward to being a part of what God is doing. But all that is kind of been living that what I call the open door policy. just, yeah. And I think one of the keys to that is some people wait till they have a door close before they are looking for open doors you know, well, God, if this door closes, Mm -hmm. then uh, where, where do we go from here? And sometimes when you're looking, God, I often think of uh, Paul, when he was on his missionary journey, and he tried to go north, and the Holy Ghost said no, and he tried to go south, and the Lord forbid it, and and then he's, he's journeying to what's Troas, and Troas was a dead end, it was a you know, you hit water, you had to go, you know, you couldn't just keep going the direction you're going, you had to get on a boat, you had to, or go yeah. back the way you came. And that was where Paul received his Macedonian call. Uh, mm. But he'd been looking for the door. And so when the door opened, right. he was ready to go. He was that's ready to kind of how we kind of approach things, Lord. Not that I'm always looking to move. I think open doors are more than just ministry. It's just life stuff, you know, opportunities and situations, evangelism, person, you know, and when you have that open door concept, you um you're just always looking for uh Jesus. I, I think of the night when Jesus came walking on the water. I thought, you know, the fact they thought he was a ghost and not the savior until he spoke to them. Uh, tells me that they weren't really looking for him to show up. No, and no. and as I as I kind of studied that story, the one of the lessons I took from it is no matter how bad the storm is, no matter how much I want to hide inside the boat, I, I always kind of want to peek up and keep looking and have an expectation that I don't know how, but I'm going to see God somewhere. He's going to show up somewhere. And when he does, I want to be ready to, respond and that's kind of how we do ministry and that's kind of how we find ourselves now in working in fiji and the solomon islands and around the pacific
1: amen so further to having that open door policy do you have any further advice that you would give someone who you know is feeling the call to step out um, they may even have that open door policy and they feel that call but they they might be struggling with moving outside their comfort zone I mean, all you have to do is listen to your story and you can see that, uh, you know, you were willing to step out and in, in a very precarious situation with the young family and a growing church and so on. So do you have any advice for someone like that?
0: I think, I think really it comes down to a lot to do with relationship. Uh, you know, it's kind of the old adage where, uh, you put a kid on top of, uh, you know on a high point and tell them to jump to you and typically they'll jump but you want to find out if they trust you put a blindfold on them and put them back up in that spot and see if they are still willing to jump and trust that you're going to catch them and that's what i think really a lot of the base of it all is um is being willing to have or developing that relationship with God to the point where when you feel blindfolded, but you still hear the voice, you can't see everything and you don't know all the angles and how everything's going to work out, but just trust him. Like one of the things for us was in deputation. uh, We don't, we didn't have a missions background. We hadn't done really any missions work. We didn't have a lot of aim experience at the time; uh, it wasn't required, and so we had no, not a ton of support, and so we had to kind of start from ground zero. And I felt like God said, "Listen, if you go, I'll go with you." And He gave me a time frame. And in that season, we had people tell us it would take us two years to do it and give her. In less than a year, God had helped us to. Uh, raise our budget. And that, that is like a trust thing. Like we're pan- got a little bit of panic there. And there was. I wish I could say, you know, I kind of feel like Abraham, not to put myself in unprecedented company, but uh, you know, there's seasons where, you know, I think he sometimes Abraham got himself in trouble when he started feeling pressure, when it was famine in Canaan, mm-hmm. he, he, he stepped out. And sometimes we all feel those famine times and the call of Egypt is, you know, is there not necessarily in sin, but just in a uh, place of comfort, security, uh, but relationship is what really kind of holds you, and and relationship with God is what kind of will um, bring bring you into that place where you say, "Okay, God, I'm willing, I'm willing to go." And and I and I also say too, one of the things is to have a, a support system around you, a spiritual support, be under authority with somebody. Uh, because if any two or three agree, if any two agree, so if they're in agreement with you, there's also a, uh, you know, there's that comfort in knowing, I you know when we yeah. went on missions, it wasn't just a me and my wife thing, but I have uh, some mentors and I have men that I trust, uh, two or three men that I really trust in my life. And, I knew what God spoke to me, but I, I, I put it in their court as well. And, yeah. uh, and they confirm, they can confirm what God or, uh, one way or the other confirm what God has spoken or move you away from that. And, uh, it's kind of interesting. All three of those men, uh, they said exactly the same thing when I called no them and kind of told them what was happening and you know, how I was felt it, but I didn't want it to be, you know, and all three of them verbatim said exactly the same thing. We don't know, but we feel that God is in this. Just proceed Mm -hmm. and walk through the doors as they open. Essentially this, all three, the same thing. Three men, very different personalities, very different backgrounds, but yet very in tune with the spirit. And I trust their walks with God. And uh, so that i i think that relationship is huge because you can feel the call you can feel the desire but if that trust is not there in god if that uh and it does take a certain level of uh i always say you can't go to some of these places and i don't mean geographically i mean spiritually uh and and not have a uh or and have a casual relationship with God, it has to be, because uh, it will be it will be tested just like a marriage. You know, yeah, you course, stay connected yeah. long enough, it it'll be tested. And in those seasons, so I would say, the the open door policy only works if you are really grounded and trust God. Yeah. And sometimes the longer you serve Him, the bigger the door gets, but also. Or I mean, the smaller the door gets, and the bigger the trust factor comes into play. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I, yeah, I was been... going to go ahead. I was going to
1: say that you know it, it might be the case that if you have that relationship with God and you have built that trust over a number of years, then He trusts you with those open doors. That's and, true. And you have more more opportunities than someone who may not have built that that trust with Him.
0: And that's where accountability comes in as well. Um, Because if you have shown yourself faithful and you have been consistent and and stable, um, God trusts you. And One of the things in in the scripture, it says he grew in favor with God and man. And so favor, if you're in the will of God, favor in both uh, areas will... Will kind of come into focus, I believe.
1: Yeah, that's so good. Uh, it's great, tremendous advice. Work on your relationship with God, but then, uh, alongside that, have relationship with mentors that are going to uh, be able to confirm, speak into your life. I mean, because uh, as you said, you know, you you can have that faith, you can have that trust in God, and is I know He's spoken to me. But man, how much better, how much stronger do you feel? How much stronger is your faith when? when that's confirmed by someone else that, that you believe in. you know,
0: Absolutely. And at some point too, you have to step out of the prayer room and start doing what God told you to do in the mm-hmm. prayer room. Um, yeah. You got to actually do it. Yeah. I know lots of guys, I, I shouldn't say lots, but I have mentored and worked with some guys that were, you know, Oh, God's called me to, and I feel, you know, and they're talking about this great call and great things, but, and so I would, but I never, ever saw them put feet to what God told them in the prayer room. And uh, uh, sometimes we got to, I, 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 this sounds kind of sacrilegious almost to say in, in in a scriptural sense or a spiritual sense. But sometimes we got to get out of the prayer room and do what God told you so that you can go back in and get a fresh word, a ramo word. Mm. Because he can't give you a fresh word until you've done, you know, it's kind of like, uh, Abraham wouldn't have got the memo not to kill Isaac if he hadn't have been willing to kill Isaac. It took mm. him being willing to do the first part before the rhema or the fresh word came. And sometimes we can walk around with that initial word. And I often think about that. Abraham walking around his whole life. If he hadn't have done that, every time he saw Isaac, he would have been thinking, you know, I've disappointed God. I've let God yeah. down. You know, it would have been a place of guilt and condemnation and that word that was meant to grow him and and sometimes I think missions like you said missions that haunt people sometimes because they felt the word but didn't mm. respond to it. And and sometimes I'll say this too, sometimes it doesn't mean a lifetime commitment. That's what's nice about some of the programs with short-term missions now with you know aim for a few months, 6 months, 12 months. You can say, "All right, God, I'm going to test the water. I'm going to I'm going to step in." And in that season, your rhema word is going to come. Either God's going to confirm it or he's mm-hmm. going to say, "All right. I just wanted to know if you were willing to sacrifice that." And and I have yeah. some friends that they have made the made the jump and God has said go back to your church it's okay I wanted to see if you were willing to go and I'll be honest I thought I'll be really to be maybe I have I don't know if I'm, my wife's not here she'd be like don't say that uh, but and part of me said I felt like in the initial stages that uh, that the revival that God had where we were was so profound and was was going was and God had really breathed those things into me and gave me specific words that he wanted to see if I was willing to give him that uh, promise and or those dreams yes. that I had. And, and then I, I almost really kind of felt like sometimes I was just going to give it to him. There was going to be a season, the door would close, and I would go back. Uh, but God didn't. The doors just kept opening, and we kept walking through them. But some people... They're at that They, but I'm thankful for that ramo word and every that fresh word. Uh, I'm thankful for the promises that we've got along the way. But man, there's something about that new word, that fresh word every day. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. That's profound.
0: You gotta be willing to take the first step and then uh, uh you'll know where to go from there type thing, you know.
1: Amen. Well, so you mentioned that uh you felt that Called to Solomon Islands, you you mentioned that in, in a bit of your story about how you felt called, but you're serving in the Solomon Islands as well. But you're based in Fiji. How did how did that end up? How did you end up?
0: Well, it, it's kind of an interesting. I, you know, I use Solomon Islands because at the time when the missionary was at our at our home, uh, we were talking about the Pacific, and. Mm-hmm. It was just all the Pacific, and but one of the places that they had mentioned in the conversation was the Solomon Islands, and so I won't say that I felt a specific, um, you know, the Solomon Islands is you know the the only place or is okay. The, I got you. What, what I felt like God had called me to, um, I really felt like the region. It was a regional. I didn't have a specific. I had the Solomon Islands was the only place that I had known of. And so our prayer, like I said, has always been the the open door. And so we were willing to go. And in that process of time, uh, there was a need in in Fiji at that time. And so uh, we were approached about that and and so we said, all right, we'll make it a matter of prayer. We'll pray about it. Um, and Fiji wasn't the only place. I think I mentioned this maybe when we talked before. There was, mm-hmm. you know, a few other fields that, and uh, some uh, more, uh, what you might say, more attractive, maybe. I don't know if yeah. that's really the right Desirable. way to put it, but, yeah. you know, that's right. Word. Uh, and what prestige wise, or some might think, oh, that'd be a better place. But, we felt like God locked us in at that time or focused us in on uh, Fiji and the Solomon Islands. And so with that, with that word, that confirmation, uh, you know, we stay in that mode and that's really how we ended up in, in Fiji. I, I didn't have a, you know, a, a word where, you know, Fiji was spelled out for me or it was just, it was more called for me, it was called to the region and and you say, well, wow, yeah. that's a big thing. You got to understand, all of our missions work up to this point had been based in Central America, uh, my wife's in Africa, and uh, and then a little bit in Europe. And when 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 we went to the Pacific, I know especially some of the leadership in Africa was like, "What are you doing?" You know, like. Hello, well, like over here. We Africa, need help too. <laughs> you know, and you know, we've already invested a year into. You know, yeah, exactly. And uh, where you at? It, but it was it wasn't a, you know, an, a slight on one or the other. It was just this is where, uh, God had, and now that we're here and we're see, there's such a there's such a massive need, uh, for for missionaries and not not just international but regional missions. Uh, you know we have such a a need in the pacific so spread out so vast yeah and really we're under we we don't have the manpower to do what god wants us to do so we were really believing right now actually that god is working uh behind the scenes to really uh create a flow of leadership to help here in the in in the pacific region but so we felt pacific. Uh our leadership uh presented us with with where the needs were, prayed, prayed about those needs, and then knew without a shadow, this is where God has called us. And it hasn't always been it hasn't always been easy either, but at that same uh time, uh we it's that knowing where you're called and knowing yeah you know, everything that kind of flows from that.
1: Along those lines, would you mind sharing with us what, what God is doing in Fiji and, and in the Solomon Islands? Some testimonies. I I follow you guys on Facebook, and every weekend people are, are being filled with the Spirit and baptized. It's, it's beautiful to see. But it, yeah, would you mind sharing with us it, some? It, it's really
0: exciting. It, it really is exciting what God's doing in, in, in Fiji and the Solomons. Um, it's really even in this season of pandemic and all that stuff, God has really been positioning the church. It's, it's There has been a greater liberty uh, since the, you know, we went through times of struggle and all that kind of stuff. But when we would come out of it and churches would open, uh, the Holy Ghost would move. I, you know, I bet you uh, since churches opened, uh, we might have had three Three or four services me may, maybe in the in all you know in all of the months six seven eight months nine months however it is that that somebody hasn't got the holy ghost every week and that's wow. just that's just with our ministry that's not yeah yeah that's not all over fiji uh right now there's uh we were i was just at the at the church and i was preaching for uh suva city uh you you would know brother tua is working yes, in yeah. that his dad, Brother Pi. And like I came in on a Sunday, they're baptizing 17, you know, outside. Wow. And uh, last week they baptized another 11, you know, and then, but it's a consistent, um, what I love about it is that it's a consistent growth. Uh, you know, we're having four, five, six. I think we had a children's uh, crusade a few weeks ago. And had 29 received the baptism of the Holy Ghost at, at the God. kid the kids' week. It was exciting. It was one of the first ones we've had since everything opened up. Six hundred kids all like, you know, crammed into this building and got awesome. this building. It was exciting. What a great atmosphere, great spirit of the Lord. And we were actually preaching in uh Nandy a few weeks ago. And I think we posted online, I think there was seven or eight that got the Holy Ghost, but when all the final reports came in on that Sunday night, there was 14 received the a baptism of the Holy Ghost in that final night. And, and God just did healing. People were healed that had been sick. Uh, there's people that uh, really had been in a place and never, dan- never worshiped. And man, that night the Holy Ghost blew out and people were dancing had never danced before in their lives. And there's a, just the Liberty, Uh, Mm. in the Solomons, we haven't, uh, uh, unfortunately I was in the Solomons the week before everything shut down. And so I almost got, uh, stuck there away from my family, but I came home on, I think I flew home on a Friday and then that Tuesday or Wednesday, you know, the whole world kind of, kind of started hitting the brakes. And so we haven't been able to get back in so that would have been March you know March of uh, 2020 2020 and, are they yeah. are
1: they still closed down
0: So they're still closed the down. We're hoping to be able to get in in July. That's our that's our hope to be able to get in in July. But the church we've we've tried to help as much as we can from here. We have some great leaders there. Uh one of, one of them the home missions director Pastor Eddie He uh, has been going into the interior. Uh, There's some Trinitarian churches. I think he's baptized two or three uh, whole Trinitarian churches uh, in Jesus' name. Uh, Baptized them. They're getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, And I think we posted some of that stuff on on our our social media. And so we're we're seeing uh, growth. We're seeing we're excited to get back in there. We're excited to start building the infrastructure of the work there in the administration, so that uh, it's primed, it's ready for a greater revival, and we're kind of in that season right now. So it, it's it's in that mode where the Holy Ghost is flowing. It's easy to pray people through to the Holy Ghost. Uh, people are hung. Man, people are so hungry right now, and yeah, they are. They are. It's it's like to me this is the season for the church to be the church you know and i
1: that was the time
0: if we're not careful we we can get distracted and miss the like the open door the the, the window mm. that we have right now and it's there it's there and yeah uh, so we're excited about it we're excited not and not just here uh in Fiji, but it's like, uh, the, that anointing, the God has given us liberty and ministry. And so we're seeing, uh, I would say this, we've always seen Holy ghost. We've always seen that, but what we are seeing right mm-hmm. now is a more consistent flow of the Holy ghost. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I found in past ebbs and flows. And
1: there, there is a difference. There yeah. is a difference.
0: it's more of a, a steady, consistent, uh, move of the spirit. And so, you know, we used to sing a song when I was young, uh, right in the middle of it all. That's where I want to be, where the Holy ghost has fallen, Lord, let it fall on me. That's kind of our mantra. I know that's an old school. That's a old, old one, but that's kind of how we feel, Lord. We just kind of want to jump cannonball right into the middle of it. And, uh, and it's exciting. It's exciting seeing what uh, what God is doing and the people getting filled with the Holy Ghost and the miracles, signs, and wonders. It's exciting. It's exciting.
1: Amen. Yeah, we're we're experiencing a, a similar uh, mode as well here in Sydney since since you guys were with us, maybe even a little bit before you all. But since we've been able to open completely up and and get the masks off our face, yeah. You know, we're, we're, we didn't see many people filled with the Spirit last year. And I don't know if it was specifically because of the mask, but it's hard to pray people through to the Holy Ghost when, when they got a mask on their face. And so we, we've been seeing an outpouring of the Spirit this year. You know, normally yeah. we consistently have baptisms here at POS. Um, and then the, the Holy Ghost and fillings can come, go up and down. But right now, you know, on a weekly basis, it's, it's, it's amazing.
0: Exciting. I, I really felt like when I was there... Felt like the Lord had given me a couple of really specific prophetic words for the the church body there, and, and that that is exactly what we were talking about—a more consistent, uh, continual uh, operation of the spiritual gifts and the moving of the Spirit. And so it's exciting. I know that there was at the end of that weekend there was such a liberty uh, in, it was, yeah in, in POS. And so I'm excited. I'm excited for, uh, the great reports that we're hearing. And I'm excited because I think they're only going to get better and better as, uh, or, or as my dad would say, better and better, as,
1: <laughs> better and better
0: <laughs> as, 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 as time goes on.
2: Amen.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess pe- people outside of the Pacific, they, you know, I'll, I'll if, if you're in North America you've kind of moved on i don't know about canada i think there's there's still some restrictions they're facing yeah. but you know i know the us has pretty much moved on from it but because of the nature of the pacific because they are island nations i feel like the governments have this belief that they can control it better so that's why these that's why we're still talking about borders being closed i know samoa i think their borders are closed as well right now cuz they just had their outbreak uh, earlier this year, their first major outbreak. So, um, you know, that's a battle that we're facing. And, and for those listening to the podcast, you know, keep us in your prayers in the Pacific and that these these barriers can come down and, and we can get into all of these island nations and these different countries. Um, we're going for the first time, uh, UPCA, we're going for the first time in a couple of years to Indonesia. Th- those borders have just now opened up. And so now we're able to send a, a team in there as well so exciting. it's good to see that these different fields are starting to open up again
0: absolutely it's exciting and i i did hear that vanuatu is supposed to open up in august as well and uh and so we're there's been a few countries that are starting to open and so mm. i believe that that as they do uh, god's gonna you know do great works in those areas and so it's, it's kind of like the open door thing you know i can't force my yeah. way into the solomon islands right now uh but as soon as the door opens you know we're we're going to be ready to It'll be in there get in there and get busy roll up our sleeves and uh, see we got some ideas and some things that we want god to do and be a part of so we're anticipating anticipating mm-hmm. great uh, continued revival and anticipating uh just kind of waiting to see how God's going to work it all out.
1: What are some future projects that you are working on that that you could share uh, with those who are listening to the podcast? What What are some projects that you are working on um, in Fiji, Solomon Islands, the Pacific region?
0: We're we're uh, one the one of the main projects uh, I'm working on a couple right now, kind of in the developmental process, but we're really wanting to uh create a ministry hub here in mm-hmm. Fiji uh where we have uh one family here uh we're about uh we're about there uh we just had one aim or leave so we're trying to create an atmosphere conducive to uh, uh recruit laborers and create a hub uh create some uh leadership excitement and flow uh, into uh, the area and so we're working on some uh, initiatives in that regards uh, to create maybe i don't know maybe this is premature to say it this way but kind of like an international training hub you know where we can uh, uh, bring people in connect them with the pacific you know i always say this once you get in the pacific you you may leave the Pacific, but the Pacific will never leave you. Uh, Mm, That's right. You know, it kind of connects the people, the cultures, especially the Melanesian and Polynesian cultures They're They're such sweet people and such a desire. And so we really want to do great things. We're working on our Bible schools is a huge uh, project Bible schools is a huge priority here in Fiji and the Solomon Islands. Uh, we've worked hard to uh, build them up and we're going to continue to do so uh, in the Solomons and building administration. And we have some church uh, work that we have to do there, building, uh, getting our buildings more uh, ready, uh, kind of uh, set up for what God is, is about to do in administration in the Bible school. And so we're working on all those things Uh, aspects a lot of those are infrastructure but so important because
1: yeah uh, so important
0: evangelism without uh without infrastructure is is kind of oftentimes a waste i I don't mean that yeah you know to be negative no but i
1: give you a saying
0: yeah and so we're really trying to
1: you're talking to a church administrator so i mean you can Ah, well there i'm preaching to the choir you you can yeah you can uh, stay on that note for a little bit longer <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so so that's a really big uh, thing for us right now uh, administration, creating infrastructure, uh, a lot of training, a lot of training. Uh, that's why I said Bible schools are really uh, a really a big thing for me right now and we're really pushing to try to uh, like here in Fiji we when we came in twenty eighteen um, the Lord has. Well, we didn't. We were planning on teaching in the Bible school. We didn't plan on running the Bible school, but they asked us when we came if they, we'd be willing to do that. So, as the GATS coordinator, which is the Global Association of Theological Studies, I, I have the I represent the Pacific region, and so we said, "All right, let's jump in and let's let's do it." And God has really blessed us and helped us. Uh, pre pandemic. So at 18, we had 25 students. Uh, when 2020 began, uh, we had at that time, we had, uh, we had, sorry, 25 and one campus. And at the, okay, yep. at, uh, the beginning of 2020, we had four campuses and, uh, or sorry, yeah, four campuses and, uh, 135 students were, wow. were, were in. And so we're about to open up uh, a fifth campus. Actually, we I was just printing books off today, getting ready to go to Care Bus and oh, uh, open awesome. open the Bible school there. Care Bus is hopefully opening next, this month or the beginning of uh, June. And we're hoping to be able to get in there and get the Bible school set up and get it all kind of lined out and uh, I think we got about 25 students. So if we had been able at that time to get in in July of 2020, which we had planned on, we'd have had about 150 uh, students mm. at that time. Pandemic has hurt hurt us and, you know, and, and trying to get people back and and vax unvax stuff and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. And trying to get uh, and then government regulations and all that. So we, it's it's kind of dropped down a little bit. Our online class, which we had to go operational with, that really is, it's kind of, I always joke and say it's held together with duct tape and, you know, bailing wire. Because <laughs> uh, it was a little, we were forced to go a lot earlier than we had planned on. So we're mm. trying to play catch up, but that has helped us kind of kind of keep things going. And so we've been really, grateful so bible school has continued to grow continued to develop and that's going to be a real thrust and i know like in in australia i know that uh uh uh, brother downs and senior and now uh, pastor harvey uh they are big bible school supporters and and the importance of that and so uh, uh Connect. We've connected well in that burden with that, and we wanted to see continued development of those things. And so excited about what God what what God has in store for uh, the next generation of of leaders here in the Pacific.
1: That's exciting to hear about uh, Kiribas. Uh, I know here in Australia we support we help support the missionary over there, and that's great to hear that it should be opening up and. We'll be able to establish a Bible school over there, that because that's a that's a Fijian missionary.
0: Correct? Yeah, brother Dan, brother Dan. I was just he was just in my office a few days ago. We were setting down the lot, la- and so he's hoping. Uh, he was hoping actually that they were going to open on the thirteenth, and uh, they were going to continue to uh, uh, open to the point where I could go as well, and do some exciting things i'm just excited new a new field new opportunities uh to get in there and kind of connect them with the word of god and ground them and we have some uh uh, trinitarian pastors that have uh been baptized in jesus name filled with the holy ghost want to get in there and really get that foundation of truth established well and yeah it's a small nation uh, but brother yeah. Dan is doing an incredible job there. We're excited about uh, the potential and all the great things that uh, great reports we've been hearing. And I, I can't wait to go experience it firsthand.
1: That's awesome. Well, as we uh, begin to wrap up this conversation, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I think the, the dogs have had it, you know, they're, they're tired <laughs> of being
0: quiet. <laughs> now that, Now that we're ending, they're just quieting down again. <laughs>
1: That's right. They'll calm down. Um, but uh, I, I wanted to ask you, I like to ask this to pretty much anyone who comes on the podcast. Uh, I, I just like to hear their perspective. What is it that drives you when it comes to ministry, when it comes to f- fulfilling the call of God in your life? What is it that is that driving force for you?
0: For me, uh, it, it goes back to uh, what I said in the beginning uh, was relationship is really the, the the driving force. Because uh, sometimes, I know this sound will sound very elementary and very silly. But when I got married, there was a lot of things that I didn't think that I would like, or didn't think mm-hmm. important to me. And through my relationship with her, uh she was able to expose me to things that i didn't think i would like or maybe and now those things have become the ingredients have become such a part of who i am you know even yeah. take like being mish going in missions and going it started with relationship and now those things get introduced and now that is the the driving force Whereas when I was back in Canada, the driving force was, you know, to reach that city to reach the soul and and now not that that dies, but it redirects into a mm. another, another plane, and relationship, healthy relationship will always introduce new uh, pathways of passion. Uh, mm. New things that drive you, you know, through that relationship, you you continue to grow, you develop, and you you you, you kind of do it together, and and and, and with the Lord, with the relation with God, that's kind of how it kind of flows, and so that desire, and if I was to say right now what what is really my heartbeat right now would be leadership, uh, to get our leaders. Connected to get our give them the tools that they need to do the work of God. Uh, nothing worse than a carpenter or a mechanic or somebody that has all the potential in the world but no tools to use. And so uh, I put I, I really push hard. We're we're building Bible school. We're and building it up. We're building churches right now. I have two churches I'm I'm trying to get built We're I'm in the process of raising some funds to do before I go on deputation or Rotuman. Uh, we have, we have a new people group that we have a pastor that was actually one of my first graduates. He's from Tonga, but married a a lady from Rotuma. And now they started a church and it's exciting. We just actually had, had a guy from Sydney, uh, brother Kumar, uh, he, oh yeah, yeah. He came to me and said, "Hey, I have land. I have some people. We've went up there. He surveyed the land. We've cleared it. We're working through the last little bit. We're about to build an Indo-Fijian Hindi church uh, there on that land. So we're in the process of building. So it's working with leadership, setting these kind of big picture stuff, and trying to uh, work with the leaders here in Fiji." We have a great group of leaders here, a great group of leadership that are such a blessing to the work and easy to work with, and have that same hunger and desire for a revival. And so that's kind of say what's driving me right now. What my passion right now is, you know, uh, big picture growth, leadership development, teaching foundational and equipping uh, them to. Do the work that God has positioned the church here in Fiji and the Solomon Islands, and, and in a greater mode, even the Pacific, uh, to do as well.
1: I love that answer. Talking about how that it's it's through your relationship with God that 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 um, drive comes from, and there's there's different passions that you have throughout your walk with God because of the relationship that you have with God. Yeah. You know, that, that is channeled into different directions uh, that is really an answer. Well, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed our time with you today. Thank you so much for, for providing that time for us. I know it, it's not easy, uh, connecting to really good internet over in Fiji. So I thank you for setting aside your time this afternoon to talk to us, joining us here on the podcast. Um, I want to give you an opportunity as, as we finish up here to share a word with the listeners, something that God has laid on your heart for the podcast. So, uh, brother, thanks again for being with us, brother Wicket, and uh, you could take us out from here.
0: Amen. Well, I, I would say that uh, um, my greatest desire right now is to see uh, a, a demonstration of of this of the presence of God, I, I I've been teaching this lesson lately where preparation and uh, anointing come together, and I feel like that's where we are. As we the anointing has never left the anointing, and I was talking a little bit about infrastructure, doing the little thing, doing the things we can do to prepare so God can you know orchestrate, and I think of the lady. Uh, the little widow woman picking up sticks, and I might, and I think I might have even mentioned this when I was in Sydney a little while ago, but it's just it hasn't left. And that is, she had to do what she could do. She picked up sticks, you know. She went and got the uh, the man of God some water. She uh, cooked a cake. She did all those things to uh, prepare herself for an outpouring of the supernatural presence of God. And I just believe that whatever you're doing right now, whatever service of ministry, whatever mode that you're in, just keep doing it. Just keep serving, keep uh, ministering, keep picking up the sticks, keep uh, building the fire, keep cooking the cake, keep doing the things that you know how to do, even though it may seem like you're getting to the end. God knows exactly where you are. God knows exactly what you're going through. And when the season and the time is right, God will send the right person at the right time. Or he'll move in in a mighty way. And that supernatural uh, demonstration where her and her son probably for at least two years and the prophet saw that oil and meal uh, every day being uh, flowing and flowing and flowing as long as there was needs. I feel like that's where we are as a church right now to just serve. And God has orchestrated it. God is positioning us for a great supernatural demonstration, but it would only came if she had that word from God. She trusted in that. when Elijah said, thus saith the Lord, and he was, she was like, whoa, (laughs) I've been waiting for a word from him, and I feel like there's situations right now that are just waiting for us to connect with them, and to keep serving, to keep ministering, keep doing what we can do, and then when we've come to, I love that old adage, when you've done all you can do, that's the beginning of what God can do, and, and I think sometimes we miss what God can do because we've never ever come to the end or exhausted what we can do. So I would say keep picking up the sticks, uh, keep serving the water, keep uh, building the fire, keep cooking the cakes. And then, you know, and when when you are willing to do that, God's going to provide the supernatural demonstration. I believe we're going to see a continued move of that and a flow of that in the Holy Ghost. You, as I read through your notes the other day, and I come down to the end of that, that's the one thing that kind of hooked in my spirit, and I haven't been able to kind of shed it over the last few days, which is simply uh God's wanting to move, but he needs some, he needs some people who are willing to serve uh in that in, in doing so. That's why the scripture says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. That weight there is not put up your feet and relax. It's the servant waiter with the towel on his arm. And so as we serve, that's when it, that's when the scripture says we're going to experience that supernatural impartation uh, uh, from the Lord. That's going to allow us to do in these in this end time, in this season, what God has in store. So I encourage you today, keep doing what you're doing. Trust in God, trust in the Word, trust in His relationship, and in his season he'll open up the door. Don't kick down any doors. I've always been disappointed on I'm disappointed in what I have found on the other side of every door I've kicked in and I have kicked in a few in my life and it's always been disappointing. but I've never been disappointed when I have been willing to I heard one preacher say been willing to learn how to worship in the hallway until God opens the door. And I believe that some today might be in that mode where you have a word from God, you have a promise from God, and you're in that worship in the hallway mode. But God's about to open the door. God's about to send you your Elijah. God's about to send you your promise. And just stay faithful. Because uh, in due season, we shall reap if we faint God.